As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We are sitting here on Tuesday, January 26th. Our Super Bowl matchup is set. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which should be another classic. Uh, I was pulling for the Packers, but uh, hey, can't really complain about uh, the current GOAT going up against what might be the GOAT by the time he retires in Patrick Mahomes. So uh, looking forward to this one that is just a little bit less than two weeks away. I am Michael Beller. I am joined on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, as I am frequently by both Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. Brandon, good to have you back, man. You uh, ditched us last week. How you doing? I'm doing I'm better for it as well I'm very uh rested refreshed and uh look yeah I'm with you I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl it should be a good one yeah I really uh really think it's gonna be another fun one it feels like we've um you know we've been on a pretty decent string so we'll hopefully this year we'll keep that up and I think it will uh Jake We've got our we've got our uh, third wheel back here. It's a, it's a tricycle again this week. Feels good. <laughs> yeah, I almost left you with a bicycle though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're happy that you are able to make it, and uh, that we've uh, got uh, you again providing the uh, big fodder for what we're going to be talking about on this episode. We're going to dig into Jake's 2021 rankings. We're going to cover some of them this week. Some of them next week. Uh, if you are not a subscriber and you want to get a look at those rankings, athletic.com slash fantasy football pod will get you a subscription. You can see Jake's rankings. You can see everything else we do here at The Athletic for just $3.99 a month. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. First, I do want to talk a little bit about this Super Bowl. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about it. We'll talk about it, the three of us, again next week. I'll talk about it with Vic Tafer a couple days before the Super Bowl actually takes place. But why not? Get the party started here today. This line opened up as uh, Chiefs minus three and a half with a 57 and a half over under. Right now we've got the Chiefs minus three, so it's come down a bit. Although most of the places I see minus three, it's at minus 120 also. So you're paying a little bit more in juice to get the minus three. If you kick it back up to three and a half, you're probably going to be looking at the standard minus 110. And I don't really see it moving much from there. 56 and a half is where the over under sits. Early thoughts. Anyone want to take it away? How are we feeling about this one? <laughs> well, Virginia has Betty now. So, oh, uh, actually, welcome what? to the party, Jake. Oh, 
I know. I don't know if you saw. I dipped my toe in with a little ten dollar three way parlay and hit it. I had uh, Kelsey anytime touchdown, the Chiefs to cover, and the spread to co- or not the Chiefs, the Chiefs in the total to cover in the game. So I made forty bucks. Yay! Oh, but I will say, at the end of the game when they were already releasing the lines and they were at three, not three and a half. Interestingly, well, I don't know. Again, if you're going to give me the three, fine, and I could get a potential push, I'm going to jump on it even more so, and I did. I put my entire FanDuel bankroll, which isn't a ton, but I just put it all <laughs> on the Chiefs at three. I don't like the over-under, though. I, I I feel like the Super Bowl, more often than not, and I don't have the data to back this up. I could be completely wrong. It just it feels that way. feels like, more often than not, the the 55 over-unders just don't generally hit. Like, we always expect more, and it's the Super Bowl, and it doesn't usually happen that way. So I don't love the over-under, uh, and I don't like going under and Chiefs to cover. That just feels backwards. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, think the, I think the Chiefs are winning this game. My only concern now is the no Eric Fisher, and if um, right, right. the other one's hurt, Mitchell, too. Yeah, well, Mitchell Schwartz probably Mitchell can't Schwartz. come back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's really where this I, that, is going to be. That one jumped out I think that's where too. it could be win or loss, won or lost, right? Yeah, I mean, you watch uh, J- JPP, you know, putting mm-hmm. pressure on Aaron Rodgers off of that side, and you start to think, for wow. him, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he looked great, and, he, you know, he could have a big opportunity in this one with Fisher out. So uh, I'm done kind of underestimating the, the Buccaneers, and, you know, one of my <laughs> main things has been, like, in each game, I'm like, well – Brady under pressure, you know, uh, that's where he kind of falls apart. And the, the Washington football team's got a great front line. I think they could really give him problems. And, oh, New Orleans has one of the best QB pressure rates in the league. And that's going to be a problem. And, and you know, oh, the Smiths for Green Bay, they can – and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, the fourth quarter for Tom Brady looked pretty bad. But for the most part, Tampa Bay has been great at mitigating that pressure. And I, I – I think this is going to be a game. I think that Tampa Bay can win. I'm not going to actually straight up predict it, but I will say that I, I would, if I'm going to give a game score, I'm going to give it close enough that the the Buccaneers are the who I think will cover. Uh, and I'm kind of with Jake. I think this comes in slightly on the under. Although it's funny in Super Bowl, as you say, for historically, um, there were so many one sided games for so long. I think there was a lot of overs with just with the just, winning team yeah. putting up like forty <laughs> to fifty points and the other team scoring like ten, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm actually but, looking at it right now. I pulled it up after Jake brought it up. So there there was no over under posted for Super Bowl one, um, which we almost got a rematch of this uh this season. Um but then so the fifty three Super Bowl since the over uh, has a slight lead, twenty seven and twenty six, as slight as a lead gets. But recently uh, we've had the last two games have both gone under. Last year was just barely under. We had uh, the, the 31 to 20 victory for the Chiefs over the 49ers. Uh, the total ended at 53, so that was just barely under. I mean, if you look back over the last really almost any sample, it's going to be about 50-50. The two before that, uh, obviously, Philly New England went way over, and then New England Falcons went over. Although that needed overtime to get there. Right. So uh, that's what I said. It feels a little more under that, and those are. Their unders too. I mean, if we're putting a fifty-six and a half now, fifty-seven in some places, a lot more of those would hit the under. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I know it's different teams, saying, but you understand with, what I'm saying. I mean, if, if you, even with uh, Tom Brady, who is going to his tenth, and Patrick Mahomes, who is in his second straight, uh, right? I mean, there's the two weeks off, the two weeks to prepare, the nerves, even for guys who have done this as much as these guys have, uh, right? It's just it feels like a lot of Super Bowls start slow and need to make it up in the second half to get to the over. Right. Well, I wonder, you know, this is uh, the Bucks getting their first, you know, getting the first Super Bowl home game, I believe. Um, with no fans, go- of course. <laughs> of course. Well, there's going to be 22,000, isn't there? 
Wasn't that no? The, they're all first. No, they're first. They're not actual fans. They're all the, the oh, NFL is giving away. Yeah, the corporate. Yeah, no, 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 not even corporate. NFL is giving away tickets to all like the first responders and stuff like that. You know, well, first I'm responders just saying that the level too, of Jake. familiarity, not having to travel, you're you're at home. I, I don't know that Tampa's going to come out of the gates sputtering like that. It's going to probably feel a lot more familiar to them and not be that that much. I, I don't know. You guys tell me. How much do you think that is an impact? Is that a point, two points in the in the line? You know, in favor me of Tampa personally? Yeah, zero. Hmm, I think it's worth at least one. Yeah, I don't know if I put a ton of stock into that, but I do put stock into the fact that if there are any two unshakable quarterbacks and two, That's why. right, and two yeah. unshakable offenses, we're looking at them uh, in, in these two. Like, when uh, was the guys. last time we saw the Chiefs get out to a bad start that didn't involve? I mean, like flat, like they didn't involve turnovers because I know everybody's going to mention like what happened with the Bills. I mean, that was yeah. turnovers. I don't really know if that's flat. Texans, or just... the, the the Texans game last year in the playoffs. I mean, that was last year, though. I was thinking <laughs> right. just this year. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, that's that's what uh, it, that's where you have to go back to. Was I mean, it, even the game they even the game they lost against Oakland? They, the, that was that was offense. All Oakland, day. you said Oakland. Oakland all the time. You said oh Oakland. My God. I think I made it. I think I made it unscathed all season. <laughs> uh, it's because it's because in my brain I'm already on to Jesus Luzardo in some sort of way. <laughs> Uh, people calling for a Cy Young potential there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but even that game, I mean, that was what, like a 40, 40 to 32 win for the for the Las Vegas Raiders. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you really you really do. You just don't really see slow starts from this team. Right. And that's why, you know, I, I could see it. It just 57 feels like a I mean, we're talking 30, 27. Yeah. And that's you wouldn't hit the over. You would need 31, 27. Yeah. So I mean, you're, it, looking, at, you're looking at eight touchdowns. You're going to need eight touchdowns in this game. Yeah. To get over. Certainly doable. I mean, we're talking about the weapons that are out there. Again, I, I think the only way the Chiefs don't win is if that offensive line is that big of a difference. And I know Fisher is great. I know Schwartz is great. But you know, we've seen this before. Like, Look at the Packers. I mean, you know, Packers lost what people were arguing and Bakhtiari, the best mm-hmm. offensive lineman in the league for some people. And yes, JPP caused havoc, but it wasn't all right. It's not like they, the guys stepping in is me. <laughs> like, like there's, they can st- still block some, and it's Patrick Mahomes. The only like I, I brought this up yesterday. I was talking with Joe Holka on his show. He said, "How do the Buccaneers win? The Buccaneers win by getting the pressure against Mahomes. But I don't think it's necessarily Mahomes. I think it's stopping the run game. Like, put it on. If I'm the Buccaneers, I go out there and say, pick your poison, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Who are we stopping? And then we bring it down to why the Bills lost. This is my point. Why did the Bills lose? Because they have two weapons, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and a bunch of ancillary pieces. You can't ask John Brown to be the guy. You can't ask a bang-up Cole Beasley to be the guy. Yeah, now we know Right. So if you limit Daryl Williams and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then you choose to stop or contain one, now you're down to Tyreek Hill or Kelsey, and then me, Cole Hardman, and Demarcus Robinson. Like, and again, I don't think you're stopping Patrick Mahomes, but that's your best bet, I think, at stopping him. And we saw last week how the best laid plans can go when you're trying to stop one of Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Sometimes it just yeah, what, do, it does, what doesn't matter. Chiefs, it just doesn't what did the Chiefs score in the second half <laughs> against the Bucks earlier this year? Because they originally, Carlton Davis was getting destroyed and smoked in that game for Tyreek Hill's enormous game, but then they switched in the second half of that game. I got it right here. Let's see. So it was Chiefs jumped out to a 17 to nothing lead. Yeah, they scored they one scored, touchdown in the second half. Seven in the it was second 20 half. to 7 yeah. at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's how the Bucks win this game. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think they do either. I'm, I, I think this is. I think we're looking at our first back-to-back Super Bowl champion since well, like oh three, oh four, oh four, oh five. Since Tom I, Brady, it, it, yeah. the, the NFL always screws things up. You know, with the season being played in one year and the playoffs being played <laughs> in the following calendar year. <laughs> I agree. But it's right in there, right? The paid one of those because well, you got some of the sites that list it right, right, away. right. Like list this. This should Super be Super Bowl two thousand twenty. Right. This Super is Bowl this is two twenty twenty. We're. Uh, this is the 20. I mean, that's why we call Super Bowl, you know, 55, not Super Bowl 2020. But this is like right. the 2020 Super Bowl. It's the 2020 season. Yeah. Right. right. I see it the same way. Yeah. All right. So we're all on the same page there. I think that's a great place to leave our Super Bowl talk and move on. Of course, we will get back to this. We'll have a week's worth to think about this and get back. We'll dig into uh, the line and the total a little bit more. It'll probably move a little bit. And we'll definitely get into uh, some props next week. But right now, uh, we're all feeling pretty good about the Chiefs as a winner. Maybe me and Jake feeling a little bit better as the Chiefs covering as well. <laughs> well, for for that, just so you know, I did do a parlay already for the Super Bowl, and I pulled it down to one and a half. <laughs> oh, so oh. you're paying like I mean, you're paying what like minus one fifty on that? Yeah, but when I, but the parlay still ended up being a fifty so, to one parlay. Yeah. A fifty to one. Yeah. What else is in I, there? I did five. If I'm doing a parlay, I'm going big. <laughs> what, what what else is in there? I'll have to pull it up. I can tell you what the five are. Give me a second to log in. All right, we'll uh, we'll we'll get back we'll get back to that in a second. I am very excited to hear what this fifty to one parlay. I mean, it'll take me two seconds. Hold on to it for a sec. We'll get to it. I want to hear about it at the top of what we uh, get to next. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Jake, you got it? <laughs> I do have it. I do have it. It's, it's actually 100 to 1. Uh, I, I went Ooh. a little aggressive because it's a fi- <laughs> it's a five parlay, but... Oh, so I did touchdown scores. I did mm-hmm. Kelsey, Evans, and Hill anytime touchdown scores. And then I dropped the alternate to over under to 50.5. And then the spread actually, it wasn't even 1.5. The spread was 0.5. So, line. yep. So even if they could, you know, win by one point, I'm covered. If the total gets into the 50s, I'm covered. I just need Kelsey, Evans, and Hill to find the end zone, which feels to me. I am shocked very good that odds. that pays 100 to 1. That's actually plus 1042. Oh, that's ten wow. to one, you jerk! That's ten. <laughs> that's ten and a half to one. Oh yeah, that's what I was. I, I'm, I'm on drugs. I told you that. <laughs> Jake is sick. Jake is sick. It had been. A, that's ten. That's ten point four to one. Nine Thank you. Four. I was. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that makes that would have been amazing if it was hundred. That to makes one. a lot more sense that that it is does. paying up <laughs> at that uh, at that rate rather than hundred. I mean, hundred to one. Know, I was. I was waiting for you. Well. I was waiting for you to put like a. When you said it was all touchdown scores, Byron I thought we Pringle were touchdown. Hear, yeah, Byron Robinson, Pringle, Daryl Williams, and uh, Scotty Miller were right. going to be the touchdown scores, not the three most likely touchdown scores in the game. All right, so it's still ten to one. Still, still good. good. It's still it's still a nice payoff, and definitely something that feels uh, very realistic uh, with those three guys and with pulling the lines down uh, to where you win two hundred fifty dollars. Pay for the Super Bowl party. There we go. With my Beautiful. two we'll friends. Be, we'll be cheering for you uh, from afar, Jake. And maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get in on something similar so we can cheer for it together. Uh, but right now we got to talk about some of the quarterback stuff that has been going on this offseason. 
uh, no one, none, none of us have seen anything like this with the amount of quarterbacks that could move, the amount of big-name quarterbacks, the amount of just solid starting quarterbacks. It is going to be a ridiculous offseason, just this confluence of events of some guys just genuinely hitting free agency, uh, some other guys being unhappy with what their teams are doing, some guys moving on from situations uh, where it's just in the best interest of both the player and the team to move on to something different. I've just never seen all three and maybe even different types of scenarios coming together in one offseason the way that it has this offseason. As one of our offseason shows, once we get beyond the Super Bowl, we're going to talk about all the free agents and where we would like to see them land from a fantasy perspective because we've got a ton of wide receivers who are very interesting who could be on the move this year. A decent crop of running backs and then all these quarterbacks. So we're going to save that for a later show, but there are two guys who I did want to touch on just because they've been so much in the news over the last week or so. Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford. Not only are these guys who have been in the news, but they're guys who they're going to move. I mean, Matthew Stafford, we know for sure, is going to move. Deshaun Watson, it sure feels like he's going to be moving on from Houston, too. Like Aaron Rodgers, yeah, that's fun to think about. It's fun to think about Aaron Rodgers in San Francisco. I'm not quite buying that he's not going to be a Green Bay Packer next year. These two guys, though, very, very realistic, very fun to imagine them in different situations. Let's start with Watson. And Jake, when you think about I guess when you think about the rankings process, you can't really project him onto a new team. But when you look around the league and see who can really put together a package for Deshaun Watson, where do you think the best spot is for him from a fantasy perspective? I'd still say Miami. I know that he's talking about the Jets because of Robert Sala, and I understand it. And I don't think the Jets would be terrible for him, but this comes down to... You're going to tell me Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowder, and Brashard Perriman? Like, yeah. Right. Did, who's the number one? And yeah. because for that's, me, that's worse Den- than what he had in Houston this year. By far. I, right. And <laughs> Denzel Mims just, I don't think, is going to ever be an NFL number one. I think he could be a number two, but I don't think he would be. And then what is that backfield? Or is it going to be Ty Johnson and Michael P. Ryan? Or like, what are they? I mean, obviously, this draft still has to go, but there's just a lot. And then you have the offensive line concerns, which you just dealt with in mm-hmm. Houston. So. I don't, this feels lateral, if not worse, as you mentioned. So I would say the Dolphins, I mean, if you could pick anywhere, I think you go gangbusters for the 49ers, of course. I think that would be amazing. But uh, I guess it's the realistic part of having the capital to trade for him right. and then the team. So I, I still feel like the Dolphins are the most realistic and the best possible scenario. If he ends up on the Jets, maybe I'd move him down a spot or two at quarterback. Uh, I still, I don't see how Sean Watts is still not in the top. Eight at worst. I mean, we saw it this year, right? And he has he had himself good weapons. I mean, Will Fuller had a great year before uh, his suspension. Brandon Cooks came on strong in the second half of the season. Uh, but still, it's not like we're talking about a guy who was dealing, who was playing with these just otherworldly, like standard deviations removed from the league average receivers and backs. And so the season he put together, I think we would expect Deshaun Watson to be able to do in almost any situation. Uh, Brandon, when you look at this, are you on the same page as Jake? Do you look at Miami as the most attractive or is there another one on the table here that is also realistic? I must keep that in mind too, right? I mean, you guys know I'm in Chicago. The Bears already screwed up once significantly by not just taking Watson when they could have had him uh, for free as a draft pick as uh, for going three and 13 or whatever they went that year when they were sitting with the uh, number three pick traded up to two to take Mitch Trubisky. Uh, But it's getting talked a lot about uh, again. And I just, it's just not going to happen. The bears just cannot put together. There's no, the bears I don't even think can put together one of the top four packages, let alone the best package to land to Sean Watson. So Brandon realistic, who are you looking at here? Yeah, I think Jake just said it. And, you know, that Deshaun Watson's talking about it. And, and they, you know, Miami and, and the Jets have 
have for various obvious reasons because they got a, tr- a quarterback that you can still have some hope in, in you know prayer in uh, to send back and they have the draft pick capital to do it and so they you know Jake mentioned San Francisco too that's kind of like that's that's the dream i mean the, San Francisco is in a position to send Jimmy Garoppolo and 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 also make the same kind of a move but uh the, the draft Where are they sitting like the 15th pick somewhere in there 17th yeah that's pick? what i'm saying the draft pick yeah. return wouldn't be as good but they have they have cap space they have the means but i i i think if deshaun wants wants to go to new york which he's already expressed um he you know new york can probably make just as attractive of a offer as as miami it all probably comes down to on the houston side who they'd rather take back in in Darnold or Tua, um, mm-hmm. and I personally, I probably, I mean, I'm I'm still I'm still willing to give Tua some time. So um, I think ideally Miami is a better you know the better landing spot, but Watson might just say you know might continue to try to force things to New York. Does do the does Houston for sure take Darnold back, or do they just take that pick and say you know we're going to grab Justin Fields, we're going to grab Zach Wilson with this pick? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think you, I, I right. think you take Darnold if you get him. Just uh, I, yeah. and you know I don't like Darnold. I just but if you get him and right, then right. you don't have to fit like Fields is the Jalen Hurt situation where they have the mm-hmm. similar concerns about progressions, reading the progressions, and so as Fields ready from day one, like again, say the same thing about Hurt. Like I want ideally Fields to be able to sit for a year, and not that Sam Darnold's the best person to learn from because their styles are a little <laughs> bit different too, but at least give him time under a coaching staff and not have the pressure being thrown out there week one. So if you get Darnold back again, I'm not a Darnold fan. And I would say it's like one year and done. Um, actually next year, isn't he a free agent anyway? So mm-hmm. I would just say I would, I would take it just so your pick doesn't have to play from day one, whether it's Wilson right. fields, Lance, whoever it might be. Yeah. I think does, that makes sense. And, does Darnold, and then, does it, is there a team out there that would give up a first round pick for Darnold on right his own? No. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. I don't no way. So either. Someone in the back end of the first round? I don't know. I mean, it's probably worth a second rounder at this point. Second I mean, best. Yeah, right. I mean, you're looking at the back end. Like, uh, Bills no, Packers no. Well, Saints, what's complicating no, this Ravens, too? No, Browns no, that, Rams no, Steelers. The Steelers could you could the Steelers talk themselves into trading pick twenty four for uh, for Darnold if uh, if Roethlisberger ben retires? retires. I mean, I, the thing is too is your what the problem is is the Stafford situation. So now you have Watson and Stafford both clearly. We right. know Stafford's gone. We know he's well, gone. Bring, yeah, bring then, Stafford into this. Like, where does he fit into this discussion? But Andy, see, that's what I'm right. saying. And that's what everybody keeps saying is, Andy, they're just going to keep bringing in the 30-year-old quarterbacks as well, long as yeah. possible. <laughs> but, but my point was going to be the fact that when you have Stafford definitively leaving the Lions, now the trade market is clogging up. I mean, if you're going to talk about trying to get something from Darnold and teams are going to be trading for Watson or Stafford, those two are definitively coming first. And then we're, we've heard talk that the Rams aren't enamored with Jared Goff finally. And hey, it only mm-hmm. took three years of Sean McVay doing every ounce of his being to try and get Goff to be half good. So they're annoyed. Uh, you, ha- you mentioned they a, the Bears. They don't have a first round pick though. Right. Well, no, no, no. I know. Pick. I'm just talking about like a lot of. It's more so. My point being, it's the marketplace. It's like right now, right. trying to get a house out there in the market. It's a seller's market right now. Everything mm-hmm. is people are clamoring for this, and you're going to drive the cost down. So nobody's going to be giving up a first for Darnold on his own. I would think the Bears will be will be very much in on Stafford, and because uh, like I said, they're not going to be able to get Watson. That's just unrealistic for what they're going to be able to offer up. But Stafford, maybe, and I don't think there's going to be any concern about. 
trading within their own division. Uh, clearly, you know, they just gave Dan Campbell a six-year deal. They're willing to move on from Matthew Stafford. I don't think the Lions are, like, lining up their uh, timeline to compete to also coincide with feeling like they're getting burned by Stafford in the division. So oh, no, they're going, they they're going to win 16. Yeah, like, they're not going to be afraid <laughs> yeah. to trade Stafford within the division, even if Stafford <laughs> is the starting quarterback for the Bears for three years or something like that. So I think that's yeah, – I mean, that's an interesting one too. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to maximize the return in whichever way you can get it. Where do we want to see Stafford? I mean, I, I would Indy Bears fan. I would love to see. I would love to see him in Chicago. In Chicago. Would you rather see him in Indy with Pittman and Hilton and Jonathan Taylor over the Bears, assuming the Bears uh, franchise and bring back Allen Robinson? Yes. Oh, there's no way on earth that the Bears are letting Allen Robinson walk. That's the most absurd thing. We talked about that last week. That's so yeah. stupid. Like, yeah, okay, we have no wide receivers. Let's let this guy walk without the franchise <laughs> tag. I, I understand. Maybe I don't know because I know their their cap situation is pretty awful. But yeah. you know, again, there's ways to manipulate it any way you can get it. So I don't see how they let Allen Robinson leave. I don't think it's that much worse. I don't. I think Stafford would be fine. Well, I think it comes down to why everybody's saying the Colts is because now you're also thinking of like, who's the, who's more likely to be a contender, even with Stafford right. upgrading. Right. And as much as the bears, they still just seem to be, it's hey, I, you know, I'm a Bulls fan, Mike, it's, it's the yeah. curse of Chicago, just fringe <laughs> playoff quality. Ne- never enough. Just fringe playoff quality. Cubs are joining that group this year too. Uh, Cub, um, they're not done yet. Yeah, Cubs might bears, be bottom of the league at this point. <laughs> according to Spot Rack, Bears are twenty second in available cap space in okay. the league. So down. I mean, they, you know, they've gone they've gone eight and eight the last two years with just abysmal quarterback play. I yeah, mean, certainly. You bring Stafford and get Allen Robinson to stick around. I mean, yeah. it, it could work. What about the do, do the Forty ers view Stafford as a clear upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo? If they don't, I don't know what they're watching. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they're maybe they're interesting. Let's say you know, let's say the Jets make uh, Watson happen, or the Dolphins make Watson happen. Maybe the the 49ers would be an interesting landing spot. I think we can, of all the teams that are going to be realistically in the market for a quarterback this off season, is the 49ers the the you know um, all things being equal dream spot for any of these guys? I think mm. for I think it's the number one spot Unless, for any of them. You land there, you, yeah. you you know, you can do the Tom Brady thing where you just go to the go to the Super Bowl. You know, I mean that's that's a good enough lineup around them to just be a plug and play. I think the Colts are too, say, honestly. Colts? No, I was going to go even one different. I was going to say the Rams. <laughs> if they, they, yeah, I know sure. the, they're the least likely to be able to trade mm-hmm. just because yeah. they don't have draft first capital. Round pick. Right, yeah. draft capital, everything like that, and but they've been in that list. When you, I know you were talking about Mike, are you talking about the list? I think Schefter tweeted out yesterday about the most yeah. uncertainty among teams, and included the Rams with Jared Goff. So you know, again, this is you. The question being is, where would you love to see him for his best value? I slap him on the Rams, but I right, don't right. also think that's one of the least likely to happen. Yeah, they're. Uh, it's just going to be hard for them to pull off a trade. Uh, I keep, I've referenced a few times. I don't have a pick. They uh, that is uh, the Jalen Ramsey deal is why the Rams do not have a pick this year. Their pick, which is at twenty five, belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a really fun off season to watch. It's maybe going to have an NBA feel off season uh, to what we see in the NFL because of all these free agents and these big names. And like I said, we'll get a little bit deeper into some of the quarterbacks who could be moving as well as the wide receivers and the backs a few weeks from now once we have put the twenty twenty season fully to bed after the Super Bowl. But we're going to start here 
With looking at some 2021 rankings, we're going to talk QBs and tight ends. Um, we've already talked about a few quarterbacks, obviously, but uh, some interesting ones. As I said, Jake's rankings up and available for you on the site right now. Again, if you need a subscription to check those out, athletic.com slash fantasy football pod, $3.99 a month. That will get you that subscription. Do every single thing we do, including these 2021 rankings that we're just going to touch the <laughs> including surface yelling of. at me. Yeah, again, you get to yell at Jake. You get to ask Jake why he's such an idiot for ranking this guy in this spot and haven't you actually paid attention Apparently, to what's happened in the offseason. Yeah, I, I, like, I haven't been watching what's happening in Detroit <laughs> I, yeah, by the fact that I also am not watching but paying attention to no Stafford, no Galladay, no Marvin Jones and a team that might go 0-16. Yeah, I'm not paying attention at all. It's all, it's almost like a guy who makes his living off of writing about football knows what's happened in the offseason so far for these teams, right? It's crazy. I know it's crazy to think about commenters. But Jake has been paying attention to Detroit's coaching situation. And I don't even so mind don't debating with back. me, but I always get, would you say, have you been watching? Like, no. Uh, nope. Just totally, the Super Bowl's coming up? Get out of yeah. here. Like, uh, I had somebody who asked about, there wasn't Swift, there was somebody else in the RB teens. And I said, look, I, 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 if you want, oh, it's David Montgomery. And I said, I think you have David Montgomery too low. Out. I said, honestly, I don't think he's that good of a running back. The schedule, Terry Cohen got hurt. So I think they either bring back Cohen or replace Cohen with somebody. And I just Cohen's don't think he gets the, the Cohen's got the deal. Cohen's, you know, yeah. I don't, and I don't contract. think Montgomery gets that passing game work next year, which is really what helped them. Throw the schedule out. That passing game work really helped them. I said, but. If you want to start at running back nine and go all the way to running back nineteen and mix and match, I don't like it's a large yeah. group of really good running backs that you can make a lot of cases for. I was going to say that I was going to say that you might have Montgomery. You know, maybe I wouldn't have put Too him high. ahead of Mixon and Gibson. I, 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 but I agree, it goes to nineteen, and Gibson's the guy I might take ahead of Montgomery going into next year. All right, guys, you're yeah. giving it away for free. I just said we're not going to give it away for free. We only we're mentioned two the names. Surface. Just two I know, names. We're the, we got, the running backs are coming next week, and you're giving it away for free. Let's just stick to the quarterback position here. I Four woke up cranky. I haven't been able to oh, sleep. Oh, my God. Four, yeah, okay, yeah, well, Jake, we really want you to feel better, but I also want you to, you know, not give away your own work for free here. We're trying to get people to subscribe. Athletic.com slash fantasy football pod to do it. Let's talk about the Saints quarterbacks. Uh, we think, mm -hmm. is, is it going to be Jameis Winston? Is it going to be Jameis Winston? Right now, you do have. Actually, clarify this for me. You have you have Jameis Winston listed as, as the starter. You've got Taysom in parentheses, and you've got it listed yes. at, at QB9. So this is assuming that Jameis Winston is the starter. This isn't Saints starter is QB9 regardless of who it is. No, so I would move Taysom Hill down a few spots, but not much for what he showed in the second two games after his first two starts. But, you know, this is a ripple effect. And if you look, I mentioned in the column, uh, you can see the numbers of what Jameis Winston passing to the running backs versus Taysom Hill versus Drew Brees. And that's where you start to have concerns about Alvin Kamara. But when it comes down to it, I think it, like if it's me and what we've seen, it looks like Sean Payton. We know Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. We know that. There's no question about it. But I think he loves having Taysom Hill how he has him. Like, mm -hmm. if my lead quarterback gets hurt, I have Taysom Hill. When he's not hurt, I get to keep sprinkling him in. I just think... In my opinion, I'd say it's Winston and Taysom. If it's not Winston, it might even be somebody else. But I don't think Taysom Hill is going to be the starter. That being said, if he is, I'd probably move him down two spots past those two guys who are very similar in a way. So I'm not giving everything away there, Mike. <laughs> That's, why I <laughs> Thank you. That's why I didn't really fully buy Taysom taking over as the starter when Breeze got hurt until we really like saw it like even I woke up even that Sunday morning thinking that Peyton was maybe playing around and uh, using Schefter and Rappaport as a mouthpiece for him to uh, put up a little smoke screen because of how much he likes being able to use Taysom Hill 
as a wide receiver. Use Taysom Hill lined up in tight. Use Taysom Hill as a running back. Use Taysom Hill in these wildcat situations. I really didn't think that he would want to give that up and just have him be someone who was going to drop back 30 times a game. Obviously, that ended up being the case, but I do think that going into a season, he's still going to prefer Taysom Hill as Swiss Army Knife versus Taysom Hill as my guy at the quarterback position. Where are you thinking on this, Brandon? Are you in line with Jake and I? And then if you are, are you in line with where Jake has Jameis? And this, of course, assumes that Jameis is back in New Orleans, yada, yada, yada. But how do you feel about this situation? Well, so I don't know how much we want to reveal on Jake's quarterback rankings. Are we opening the book on this? I mean, no, it's just you know, it's gonna be hard to talk. It's gonna be you hard can to pick talk without an aim. <laughs> okay, yeah. don't go well, here. Crazy I'm looking here. at the two. The two. You got the Jameis with the Taysom Hill, and you got Carson Wentz with the Jalen Hurts. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking in the mindset of a fantasy manager is going into a draft. And I see Ryan Tannehill at number 13, and I know what Ryan Tannehill is. Yeah, and yeah, his ceiling is capped in that offense. But he, I think he also owns, after, what, 27 starts, he owns top 10 fantasy QB value. And I just would like – I want to set it and forget it quarterback. And maybe you can say, okay, well, Ryan Tannehill is not going to be that guy for you every week. But I think in the overall, when the dust settles, I think he's proved that he will be. I just don't want to know I, – I don't know that I want the headache of a Jameis Winston with a Taysom Hill specter where is Sean Payton going to be a little bit more liberal in if Jameis Winston has one of those Jameis Winston type of moment games where he just makes some ridiculous throws and it, you know it, the turnovers start to compile where he would be more willing to just pull Jameis Winston and let Taysom Hill ride where he wouldn't do that with Drew Brees. And is he going to be more liberal in the Taysom Hill packages because it's not Drew Brees anymore, it's Jameis Winston. Uh, so I would just want – want to take that headache out of my you know consideration altogether and go with someone I feel is a lot more safer like Ryan Tannehill which yeah, I, I love get. the way that you did that there uh Brandon because those are these are exactly the guys that we want to talk about we want to get into the Eagles we want to get into Ryan Tannehill and let's go actually let's go with Tannehill here Jake because uh this season he was uh, in total points he was QB8 uh, and we're talking four point passing touchdown 25 yards for a point uh, style of scoring, basically what everyone uses at the quarterback position. If you go to points per game, uh, and including Dak Prescott, who played five games, he was QB 11 in, in points per game. So pretty strong across the board, no matter what. You've got him at QB 13 in your early 2021 rankings. So what's the uh, thinking there? Yeah, and that really what it comes down to is I'm thinking in the fact of if I'm drafting and I'm waiting on a quarterback now where I'm not taking the top eight, in my opinion, there's a very clear top eight and then conversation for our next group, which would include Ryan Tannehill. Probably maybe the guy right behind him, but that's either way, like that is five, six guys in the next group. The point being is if I'm going to wait for that next group, because that next group's not going off the board until the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Right. I'm going to go for upside. And it was just last year where everybody, it just shows how fan bases turn so quickly and not even fan bases of the Phillies fans in general, but like, Philly fans is fan bases and people who Phillies fans. Yeah. So the people who had him in fantasy as well, Carson Wentz, everybody was, Oh, top five quarterback. One of the best Mm -hmm. future young quarterbacks. And then he has a miserable season and everybody's like, well, Carson Wentz sucks. He's done. He's a terrible quarterback. (laughs) And you know what? If I'm going for upside, if no Doug Peterson, as we now know, and you're going to reopen this offense, I just, again, I go back to, I don't see them getting rid of Wentz because even if they trade him, they're still on the hook for $25 million. And that's a hell of a lot to eat with a trade. And then you have to consider somebody who wants to bring that on in a trade, which means you're probably not going to get the volume of a trade that you would for a Stafford. So a lot of things here. I'm going to go for upside. 
can I have a point of clarification on that? If you traded Carson Wentz, could you have the other team pay that money? Is that is that allowed? No. Or is that a, okay. no. They, no, they they assume they assume his they assume his contract, but it's still dead money hit to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's nothing yeah. they can do about that. I, I was just no, why it's, it's, unclear it's, what it's kind why of there's there's that, no Eagles. way that Wentz is getting traded. It's just, right. it's just exactly not this is and it's not even that, Brandon. It's so it would be 25 if they waited till June for the post cut, whatever that is. It's mm-hmm. actually if they do it before that, it's over 30 million. Yeah. So yeah. you would have Which to is, trade him before the draft and cut 30 million out of a budget that's probably going down <laughs> right right it's are they just, gonna it, it's not yeah. happening yeah and so it's gonna uh, be yeah it's just jalen hurts and carson but anyway i look if you want to take this quarterback yeah. spot yep, yep if you want to take ryan Tannehill, i have no problem with it he's in this group he's in this group with the names we've already talked about three other names for me uh similar to the running back group that's really large similar to every single wide receiver that's pretty much from wide receiver 20 to 35 right. <laughs> if you right. want to debate it go right ahead i just i'm going more upside at that point because i know you know what if my ups let's go back let's just keep talking carson wentz if i take carson wentz and he bombs i could probably go find stafford or roethlisberger on the waiver wire well what if jalen hurts is, ends up being the guy right what if nick sirianni decides Jalen Hurts is my guy. We're going to run with and him. And he gets moved up a few spots. <laughs> I mean, we know we, we we we've seen it, and I agree with you. There is a there is a definitive top eight. Um, I'm with you on that, Jake. I think that some people would disagree with us, and the person who they would be having crash the party would be Jalen Hurts because of the way he can run the ball. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true, and, and some of this stuff will you know will flush itself out once the summer comes around. Um, you know, I I'm also interested in Justin Herbert as a potential guy that could could break that, you know, break that top eight as well. Um, but yeah, if if Hertz was the guy, um, you know, you would have to decide how much of a leash he has, and if you feel like he has a reasonably sized leash, then yeah, you would feel like you could rank him up in the top eight. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's really gonna be one of the ones that we have to watch because of the fact that. I think it's going to be a legitimate quarterback battle, and um, yeah, not to not to bring things back to the Bears again, but we talked about that last year that that was a legitimate quarterback battle to start the season between Trubisky and Nick Foles, and I think it would have been a really legitimate, a truly legitimate battle had it been a normal summer. It was you know sort of hard for Foles to get ahead of Trubisky with the uh, summer that we had in 2020. But Wentz and Hurts, that's going to be a true battle, and it's going to uh, determine a lot of uh, the way things go uh, at this quarterback position. And um, you know, one more guy who we're going to have to watch pretty closely is Joe Burrow. Uh, obviously, uh, the guy was putting up a, a strong rookie season, not blowing everyone away, not having uh, this you know season where he was going to necessarily run away with the um, you know rookie of the year or anything. Through ten games, he was the QB seventeen by points per game, uh, just behind Drew Brees. So it was having a fine season. And he's going to be someone interesting to watch, too, because that injury could maybe keep him out a couple of games. Maybe it's going to compromise what he's able to do early in the right. season, even if he doesn't miss a few games. And he's going to be someone who we really have to keep a close on uh, here, Jake. So what did uh, what went into your ranking for Joe Burrow at this stage where obviously we just can't really know what he's going to be looking like come you know June, let alone September? Just hoping that you know come August we actually see him, whether or not there's no preseason again. But – at least he's out there with the team. If we're getting to week one and now it's like, well, he might make it out there in time for week one and that would be his first field action, he's going to slide down. No question about it. This is just optimism. This is January and there's six months 
plus before we even really have to understand. So it's Burrow, but it also comes down to there's a name that's not here because I don't do any of the rookies, but I gave little blurbs on there. And you know this, I would put that certain rookie at number 10 in front of (laughs) Herbert. (laughs) We're not giving it away for free here, but we have talked about it on previous podcasts who that certain rookie might be in. I don't know if you've paid attention to college football over the last few years. You <laughs> I was might say, not the be most, able to uh, put your finger not, not the most on the unsolved mystery. <laughs> <laughs> might be able. Uh, it's Mac Jones. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Mac Jones. There we go. Mac Jones, right? Top of the second round, wherever he ends up going. He's going to be someone who we're talking about in fantasy leagues for sure. Um, it's going to be fun. And what I love about this position uh, going into next year, you guys, is that I really think this year turned quarterback on its head and that we're going to see people be more aggressive at the quarterback position and not just in your standard home leagues, but really across the board. And that's going to change ADPs that we talk about this summer with respect to this entire position. And then it remains deep. The fact that we could be talking about leaving Ryan Tannehill out of the, you know, what we refer to as the starting class, the QB one class, the top 12 quarterbacks going into the draft. The fact that we could be leaving him out. The fact that, you know, Tom Brady had this mammoth statistical season that as recently as five years ago would have had him locked in as a top three quarterback. And he was QB 11. I mean, there's just so many different things that we have at our disposal at this position that it's going to be a really fun one to watch next season. And as I said, wanted to scratch the surface of it on this episode here. All right, one more position to hit before we wrap things up. Again, just scratching the surface at the tight end position. This one's going to be a little bit different. You know, uh, every year we talk about how this position is, oh, this is the year. This is the year that tight end finally gets deep. We, we trick ourselves into believing it every single season, and it just never really happens. We know the very top of the position is going to be Travis Kelsey, then probably a little bit of a drop, and then you're going to see George Kittle and Darren Waller go relatively close to one another. Jake, that's obviously your top three. I think that's going to be a consensus top three. Everyone's going to have Kelsey, then Kittle, then Waller, those three in that order. The question here, as we can start to dissect this, is would you rather have Kelsey as a late first-round pick or would you rather have George Kittle as a, what, late second, early third-round pick? Uh, To me, the, the answer seems relatively easy. Yeah, you know my feeling on that, and it's Kittle for me. Uh, this is something where people have been listening to this podcast. Uh, you want to put a timestamp that they can skip forward on? <laughs> I'm not taking Kelsey <laughs> in the first round. It's just because if he's Kelsey 2018-2020, it, you get the return on investment. If he's 2019, which is still an amazing Kelsey season, you lose return on investment, and you're not just losing it on him. You're losing on what you skipped over at running back or wide receiver. It can absolutely work. It can work just like taking Patrick Mahomes in the third round, and that's why I'm kind of doing the concise argument version of it this time. This is the Cliff Notes version, but I'm not going to do it, mostly also because the ADP, as you mentioned right now, for Kittle is mid to late second round at best. So I would just wait if I'm really looking to shore up that tight end position and have that advantage. I'd just rather wait on Kittle. But to get Waller, I think the big thing, too, is to, that next group continues to d- disappoint after the big three year after year. Stay away from the four through seven tight ends every year. <laughs> Guys, the answer is Darren Waller in the fourth as he landed on my team in the way too early. He didn't give me that choice, but yes. I know, but I, I think this is the point I want to make is I don't think it's a it's a class of, of two at the top anymore. I think you have to throw – Two 1100 yard seasons and two 100, you know, 100 catch seasons from Darren Waller into that George Kittle, Travis Kelsey tier. And with George Kittle and the fact that he's missed, what, uh, 10 games in the last two years, you know, I I think you start to look at Darren Waller as being a a lot closer to George Kittle than I think people are willing to, like, kind of say at the moment. I think this is something that might work itself out as the draft season starts, but, um, 
I think Darren Waller's in the top class now. Is Waller closer to Kittle than Kittle is to Kelsey? Yes. Waller closer to Kittle than Kittle is to Kelsey? Mm, I'd say yes. If it's, if it's this past year, Kelsey, yes. Well, sure. But I'm just saying, in general, right? We can't assume the year that Kelsey just had. Has, has Kelsey you... missed, Kelsey's played, like, what, seven, eight seasons has missed, like, one game? Like, that's just... It's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think so. I think Waller is is really close when you consider the injury history mm-hmm. of Kittle and just how big of a role Waller's, you know, Waller's got with the Raiders and Kittle is awesome. But um, you know, I don't know. You got I think Debo it's the Samuel, same. You got you know, it's a run heavy team with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk now. I don't say you you know. I think Waller has a lot bigger of a of a kind of a spotlight in that offense. I would, uh, uh, Kelsey yeah, has I, missed I, one game legitimately. Sorry, Jake, uh, really. But, yeah, he's missed one game legitimately. He missed one game this season, but that was week 16 when the Chiefs right. didn't play anyone. Right. So he's missed one game legitimately in his career. That's crazy. Sure. And, I mean, if that's the what you want to break. The, but if we're talking about just pure production, I think it's the same gap between them. I think there's a little bit of a gap, but they almost hit identical fantasy points per game in 2019. So I say there's a little bit of a gap to Kittle and then a little bit of a gap to Waller because you get more consistency mm-hmm. with Kittle than you do with Waller. But so I think the gaps are the same, but I do think there is a gap. I think going from Kelsey late first to Kittle late second to Waller late third, potentially early fourth, I think that's the gap. We we're talking about about a round difference between the three of them. Sure. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you offer them both to me straight up. I'm going to take Kittle. I'm with you. But I just love I love where the gap is, the value you get in Waller for something that I think is going to probably be very similar production again. But let me just say, I, I looked at your tight end rankings and I think straight through to the top through the top 13 of your tight ends. I'd probably rank them the same. I, I was like, man, <laughs> this these rankings are right on with with uh, jibing with what I'm thinking as well. They, they kind of feel easy, honestly, yeah. when I was doing them. <laughs> Um, we're, let me get to two of those guys really quick. I just want to say one last thing, just to put a statistical uh, bent on Jake's first argument for Travis Kelsey and why he's going to be passing on him. Go back to 2019, 97 catches, 1,229 yards, five touchdowns, an unbelievable season from a tight end, right? That gave you 201.4 half PPR points. 201.4 half PPR points this past season would make you the wide receiver 14, just behind Robert Woods. 201.4 half PPR points this past season would make you the running back 11, uh, just behind Nick Chubb. So, as Jake said, Kelsey needs to have the 2020 season to end up being worth it. Can he do it? Yes. Is it a risk? An even bigger yes. Uh, let's look at a couple of those other tight ends. Uh, you know, like we, we're always hunting. This is where we're always hunting for tight ends. Someone from this group is going to break <laughs> into the top five this year. I suppose it was T.J. Hawkinson. Not really in the way that we wanted him to do it. He was the number five tight end in half PPR leagues. Um, so I guess we can check that box for another year and move on. The two guys who jumped out to me as most interesting: Logan Thomas and Noah Fant. Jake, your tight end nine and tight end ten. So I guess you're slightly more excited for Logan Thomas, but. Both of these guys feel like they could be the real breakout stars at this position next season. I guess Thomas sort of did it a little bit this season. He did. And my hesitancy with Thomas, though, is who's the quarterback next year? 
That's mm-hmm. really what it comes down yeah. to as well as what does this offense looks like? Who's the quarterback? And Logan Thomas is a little bit of a feel of the Tyler Higby from last year, carrying over to the next year. Like I don't love him inside my top 10 and I can, only because I can see a lot of ways where it goes wrong. Like I can see Logan Thomas going wrong, period. Healthy wide receivers. They add another one. And maybe Antonio Gandy Golden steps up in his second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harmon comes back from his injury. Like there's just a lot where... He was needed similar to actually, you know, it was a good comparison back with Evan Ingram's rookie year where there was no wide receivers left and he was the only guy. And now I know that they had McLaurin, but still there's a lot of questions there. Fant, you know, I was all Fant completely this year, but he, to me, has the feeling of what Gasicki was heading into this year. Like everybody was too excited too early. There's a lot going wrong with that team. Drew Locke, part of the problem. His injuries is part of the problem, but Fant going to next year with being able to line up Cortland Sutton again, finally, and Jerry Judy, and then the rest of like the Hamler and all their offense and being able to have, you know, there's going to be the concern of not enough yards to go around, but he won't be double covered as that threat would be just because there'll be more options and mostly just because Sutton's going to be back. Yeah, I mean, Thomas is a weird one because he's been a developmental guy and he has his breakout year in in his 29th, you know, in age 29th season and all the things that Jake said. I mean, you you worry if there's a little bit of a Gary Barnage, you know, kind of situation here. <laughs> um, it just was kind of Barn a, wagon. a star, oh, a stars man. aligned kind that of a, a season. But that the, was a great one. That was such a fun one. But I think he hates you know, fantasy, too. He's been athletic <laughs> enough, a former quarterback, that they've wanted to try to – this is who they've kind of wanted to try to make him into. And I think he may have played himself into, you know what, even if we do have better uh, receivers around him next year, we gotta, you know, we got to continue to make this guy part of the offense because he's athletic, he's, you know, he's big, and um, I think he's a legit weapon. So I think they're going to continue to at least pick at that a little bit. Jake, is that legit? Does Gary Barnage hate fantasy? <laughs> uh, he does i found out we're, we're playing fall guys and it's like i he, like d'angelo they both hate it i'm like why do you hate it what? like just like, all you do what is year like, was they, that they, you guys remember what year Barnage? that was 2013 later that's 15? where i started 15 yeah oh, okay i started at 2013 i knew it was an odd year that's what yeah 79 so, catches 1043 yards nine touchdowns it's, but they both hate it for the same reason, D'Angelo and him. They're best friends, but they, they both hate fantasy for the same reason because they only focus on the negative people. Which it's, oh, you're, it's the fans' fault, these idiots uh-huh. that tweet at them and be like, you ruined my life with your stupid fantasy performance, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I jokingly said to Gary when he said that, I was like, you don't really hate fantasy. You just hate that your best quarterback ever was Josh McNown. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. They're, bad. Are they, they're good friends from when they overlapped in Carolina. I don't. I never asked them how they became super good friends, but they're that's where, that's where Barnage started his career. It's got to be that. I, it's I was maybe that seems to make sense, but yeah, they're super like they go on trips with their families together and stuff like that. They go to WrestleMania for the past however many years, except for last year together. They're <laughs> super close. Year, yeah. yeah, they did the that's Amazing cool. Race together. What? What? You, didn't, you know didn't know they were on the Amazing Race this past year? No, I don't watch. I don't watch. TV I used to like watch that, that show, but I haven't I haven't paid attention in in, in several years. So. Uh, yeah. Without being too much of a spoiler, is it is it worth watching? Like, did they did they make it very far? I uh, so I didn't watch it, but okay. I know you that they I know it. they made <laughs> you know the I made they made it, a, it they made it a decent a decent way through, <laughs> and I know people were giving D'Angelo crap because he was so pissed off when he lost. Like they were saying he was being sour, and he's like, mm. I just want to win. <laughs> See, he hates Amazing Race fans, not fantasy. Now, yeah, he now hates. he hates all of them. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, uh, the tight end position is going to be 
another one that uh, is just like next year is going to be. I don't even know what to say about it. But I agree. You know, I'm, I'm looking at uh, I'm going all the way, looking all the way through your rankings right now, and I don't know. Yeah, like one through thirteen. Like Brandon said, it's it's hard to it's hard to change really anything. I mean, you could maybe a, a dude here, a dude there, but no one's like way <laughs> right. off. And I think that I, I tell you be... very much the one through seven is a hundred percent how I'll rank them. Uh, from eight to is it thir- one through seven? How a hundred percent? How everyone's gonna rank them? Like, who <laughs> would you, who are you even making an argument for? I think you could make an argument that seven maybe goes ahead of six, but yeah, sure. I, you I don't can make know. An argument. I guess you can make if you really are buying strongly into one of these guys we just talked about, Logan Thomas or Noah Fant. You could make an argument for pushing them up a couple of spots. Yep. but it's hard to. Yeah, I mean, if you're moving the guys in the eight to thirteen range around, you're not really moving them too far uh, one way or the Shuffling other. Shuffling deck chairs yeah. on the Titanic, right? right? No. Exactly. Really and your boy. Not that, they're, not that those guys are going down. <laughs> it's maybe not the not the perfect analogy to use here, but it is. A, there's a lot of six of one, half dozen of the other with guys. Once we get past that top seven, yeah. yeah. And Brandon's boy at eleven, if. I'll give another one away. If Corey Davis comes back, he'll probably slide down. I'm assuming that Corey Davis isn't back. And you don't think Corey Davis is back in in Tennessee? No. And then they let him get away. If he's not, can they really afford to let him get away? (laughs) You're asking two questions at the same time. Sorry, I was just saying if Corey Davis is not back, then I'm I'm probably moving my boy up. uh, Maybe at least a spot, if not two. Yeah. Yeah. What were you I saying, just, Mike? You, th- you think Tennessee lets Corey Davis go after the year he had, after all they put into him, and then he finally just, has the year? And yeah, because I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get paid. Unfortunately, because what we could talk about with Allen Robinson, he's going to be. He's going to be overpaid. It's because he's going to be the most likely best available, unless the Lions just say forget it with Kenny Galladay. But that's Chris the problem Godwin. is. At, I mean, if Chris Godwin stays in Tampa, like that's the, by default, if nothing else, he's going to be the second best option, and somebody's going to give him something like five years, eighty million, and overpay him. And then look, look, we just talked about Washington. Washington needs a Corey Davis. The Giants need yeah. a Corey Davis. So there's a lot of teams that need a Corey Davis, and I think Tennessee might just say, you know what, we'll bring in a rookie. We have AJ Brown. We have Adam Humphreys, or maybe we just find another Adam Humphreys because they just have AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and Tannehill. They don't really need. Uh, uh, Corey Davis. Well, maybe and, Washington's a sneaky landing spot for one of these quarterbacks. Yeah, I was going to go out and make bring those, them up. Those sorts of moves. They just don't have right. a draft pick, the you know, and they don't really yeah. have a you know a quarterback to send back. That, but for one of the for one of the free agents, like you've got yep. you've got McLaurin, you've got Gibson, you've got the defensive infrastructure built in. Um, I agree, that, man. That would, that could be fun if they go get if they go get a quarterback in Corey Davis. That could suddenly be a fun team. Six six most cap space. Uh, so they could do it. Uh, Tennessee is like 21st in cap space. Another team, uh, the Patriots, fourth most cap space. They're probably got it. They probably have a receiver move in them as well. Oh, uh, man. I mean, they haven't had a receiver move in them that actually mattered in, <laughs> since True. Randy Moss. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. Is, is that the last is that the last receiver move they made that actually hit for them? Randy Moss? I guess. I mean, I don't they drafted Edelman after they after they traded for Randy well. Moss. And, uh, like Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown hit for him for a for a week. <laughs> I mean, on a per game basis, Antonio Brown was awesome for the Patriots. <laughs> if yeah. he could have had a whole season's worth of that one game, right? And right. he would have just been. I mean, give the dude another All Pro award. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna. I'm excited for that. that. I'm very excited to dive into that show with you guys a couple of weeks from now. Uh, we got to wrap this one up. I did promise you guys a uh, fun question that I would come up with a fun question to wrap things up in between the time we were emailing about this show yesterday and this morning. 
and then I got really wrapped up in uh, writing like uh, a thousand words that you were going to get to edit Brandon or maybe Nando is on, <laughs> on Dallas Keuchel and why I think he's going to be able to oh, follow boy. up on the strong 2020 season that he had. Uh, so I, I don't know how fun this question is. I still think it's fun. We're talking about 2021. We're talking about quarterback movement. We know quarterbacks are going to define the 2021 season just like they define every single season. So here we are, January 26th of 2021. One year from now, we're going to be talking about the 2021 season, 2022 Super Bowl. Who's going to be playing in that Super Bowl? Who you got? Jake, you go first. Next year's Super Bowl? Wow. Next year's Super Bowl. <sighs> I'm going to say, look, I'm, until the champ is defeated, I'm going to say the Chiefs are there again. I mean, I agree. Would, even, got, if he is, even if they're defeated this year? Even if they're defeated this year, they still made it mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. You, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Woo! Everybody knows that. And, and like, really, they would have something would have to go wrong with this team. They just, there's so many people that are young and under contract and built so well. And any issues they have right now can be faced in free agency in the draft. It just, I, I don't see how they don't make it. On the NFC side, I think it's now wide open, uh, mostly mm-hmm. because we don't know what's going on with Rodgers. So, I mean, I can see the Packers back in the mix. That's going to depend on what the new GM does. Does he finally give him some wide receiver help? Do they continue right. to address the defense? Outside of that, I don't think Tampa Bay gets back again. Um, so, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll go with what we almost have. I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs-Packers. Mm. All right. I like it. I like it. I mean, wherever Aaron Rodgers is, is you know, he's like, like LeBron. He's a, a, a championship contender unto himself. That's definitely true. What are you looking at here, Brandon? Uh, I'm just trying to look at uh... – what Buffalo's cap situation is. They're kind of middle. Right. Like that's the team that can mess with. uh, Yeah. I like, I feel comfortable saying right now that the two best teams in the NFL next year are going to be the chiefs and the bills. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's, they need a Corey Davis. It's I mentioned that at the top. The reason they lost is because Mm -hmm. they're only two people. They need, Mm -hmm. they need another piece to have a threat. Yeah, and have a slack guy who doesn't have a broken fibula would help as well. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's the Chiefs or the Bills still. I think they're they're head and shoulders. Um, if San Francisco makes a quarterback move, then I would, and it's you know an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, which, which obviously it would um, make sense. I think they're the team. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the the NFC team comes out of the West. I think the best team in the NFC next year will be either the 49ers or the Rams. So I'm with, I was going to, I thought I was going to be cool and say that we're going to throw it back to last year and get a chiefs 49ers game again yeah. in the super bowl. I just, I, I could see that everything that went wrong for that team this year and all those injuries and like, I mean, all the quarterback changes they had to go through and everything. And they were still six and 10, very competitive in pretty much every single game. Like at, that's a team that if they make a quarterback move and they just get some stability, at that position, they're going to be, I think, well situated. And hey, silver lining for that six and ten season is, you know, they're going to be they're sitting in a pretty nice spot in every single round in the draft this yep. year. They've got the twelfth pick in the first round. If whatever quarterback, if they do make a quarterback move and it doesn't involve a trade, I guess either way, right? If it involves a trade, then they've got to Sean Watson. So awesome. If it doesn't <laughs> involve a trade, then they're going to be sitting uh, with that twelfth pick. I mean, they're going to be able to do a lot and. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan going back to uh, that last year in Atlanta and scheming up uh, an offense that should have won the Super Bowl and then everything he's done in San Francisco. I think that guy uh, has earned his spot in the upper echelon of coaches in the NFL. So some fun to wrap this show up on. We are going to go. We are going to call it an episode. One more time, I will let you know. Jake's rankings 2021, they are up. We just gave you a little tease here, but if you want the whole thing, go sign up for a subscription to theathletic.com slash 
Fantasy Football Pod, $3.99 a month right there for you. Get in on everything we do at The Athletic. There is no episode at the end of this week because there are no games this weekend. So this is our only episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast for this week. We'll be back with you with our usual two-time-per-week schedule a week from now. Of course, kicking off with the three of us. We'll figure something to talk about as we focus on the impending Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Until then, for Jake and Brandon, I'm Michael Beller. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.